0: morning, everyone. Ready for the word this morning? Yeah. Excellent, 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 excellent. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for us focusing in on you. I thank you that you are the center of our attention and you captivate our attention with your love, your grace, your power, with your might, with the power of your forgiveness. I thank you that Holy Spirit, you're here moving amongst us even now, That even like Emily uh, um, was sitting in a a service a few weeks ago, you just began to download stuff to her for her life that helps her to, to do things that she needs to do in life. I pray that we too experience the same download from heaven, born of your spirit, that quickens something in us that we can see that there is a shift coming for us this year. Help us to, ex- uh, to embrace this shift. Help us to be this shift. Help us to step out in this shift. For your kingdom's sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, welcome to Infuse Church this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Gary with my lovely wife Jane. We pastor the church here. We've got a great... Team of people that help us to do what we do, and uh, just want to say that uh, you're here as a a part of uh, a series of messages that I felt God had put on my heart for us as a church in 2022, and that whole thing is about seeing a shift. Uh, God that, it, that God is creating a shift in 2022 for us, and and this word shift comes out of a time of prayer and being in God's word, where I, uh, I was reading a passage out of uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 in the message Bible. And this is what it says. It says, "Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. Then the focus will shift. Everybody say shift. shift. It will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. As I, I, as I read that verse, I really knew things were going to shift for us as a church this year. The, 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 this whole shift is about a change, a, a change of focus, a, a change on v- many different levels Shift can mean things like shifting gears. We can go up the gears and down the gears. There's a shift key on a keyboard where we can go from lowercase to uppercase so that we start to bring a new emphasis to the words that we may be typing at the time. It can also mean to move. So, uh, Emily, uh, I was just wondering, would you be able to shift from your seat uh, to this seat here, please? Means taking a risk. Yeah. yeah, it does, actually. Sorry about that. Um, maybe Luke. Luke, uh, would you like to shift from your chair to this, this seat here, please? Can you give me the details about why first? Oh. You want details? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Uh, Joe. Joe, there you are. Joe, would you like to shift from your seat to sit in this chair here, please? i so comfy here. You're comfortable where you are? Yeah. Oh, all right, okay. There's a couple of pe- three people that are not really interested in shifting. I know what? I know someone. Hey, Zach, Zach, would you like to shift from your seat there to sit here, please? Oh, no problem. Do you need me to bring others as well? Well, now that you mention it, yes, I do. <laughs> we, there's there's got to be some point, a, a willingness on our part to shift from where we are to go where we need to go. There needs to be a willingness for us to get out of our comfort zone, to move ahead regardless of the details, maybe to step out and take a risk. But you know what? It's not just for us. It's about bringing other people with us in the moment as well. See, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 is all about uh, creating a, a shifting of our focus from ourselves to God. It means bringing a greater emphasis on the kingdom of God before ourselves. And the best example that I could find in the Bible of this very principle is found in Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 to to 28. And I'll read this for us because it's quite important. Now, a lot of times you'll hear different messages on different aspects of this passage but I believe that there is a complete story here that sees a critical moment in the text from, that we can draw some great things from. So this is what it, it, uh, it says, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 28. And there's a little bit here to read, so please bear with me. Verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Jesus asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Verse 21 says from that time on Jesus began to to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day he would be raised to life Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him Lord never he said this shall never happen to you Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his glory. Can I suggest to us this morning that this passage is one of the most pivotal moments in the Gospels. There is a shift in in what Simon believes about Jesus. There's a shift from Simon and becoming Peter. There's a shift where the, king, the keys of the kingdom of heaven are given to unlock heaven on earth. There's a shift that every believer, uh, every follower is challenged to make in their own lives. There's a shift from us to God, who Jesus is to us and what we believe about Jesus. In the middle of this whole passage... Jesus speaks about a kingdom priority for him. He says in verse 21, From that time forward, Jesus began clearly to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the high priests and the scribes and be killed and then on the third day be raised from death. He would be raised to life. See, Jesus shifts the whole conversation from his identity to his purpose. What happened to Jesus at the cross was the greatest shift in his story and our history. It's the greatest shift that this, this planet has ever seen. God's plan is the intersection where the divine exchange occurs. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8 goes on to say, but God demonstrates, in other words, he shows his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Everything pointed towards the cross, and the cross changed everything. The cross changed everything, church. What happened at the cross took care of the past, the present, and our future. The cross, the cross of Christ. Every sin, all sin, even those who were nailing Jesus to the cross and the sin that was yet to happen through you and me, has been paid for totally and completely by Jesus at the cross. This is a pivotal moment that Jesus is explaining to his disciples about this whole thing of kingdom versus self. It all revolves around the cross. Without the cross, without the cross... and and what Jesus did there and his sacrifice at the cross nothing is worth anything because it's at the cross that our lives are transformed it's at the cross that our debt is paid it's at the cross where death and sin was conquered it's at the cross where our enemy was defeated it's at the cross where the old covenant sacrifices ended it's at the cross where the new covenant was ushered in by the pure precious uh, precious blood of Jesus it's because of the cross that the holy spirit was released and poured out upon all believers it's at the cross jesus ushered in the most significant shift ever because now, because of Jesus and what he did at the cross, it's no longer an eye for an eye. It's now we love our enemies. We pray for those who despitefully use us. It's no longer that the Israelites with access to God. Now it's every tribe and nation that has access to God. It's no longer only the high priest who could experience the presence of God. Now it's free and open access for all believers of Jesus Christ it's no longer about religion it's now about relationship it's no longer doing stuff in our own strength it's now by the power of the Holy Spirit it's no longer one person being filled with the Holy Spirit it is now that every believer can be filled with the Holy Spirit the cross changed everything the cross changed everything and it's the pivotal point in this whole story, that we find some things going on. See, it's at the cross that, that Jesus died to bring us near to God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you, Zach, to God to bring you Phil to God to bring you Sam to God to make you you closer to God to Ginny so you can be closer to God for us we could put our name in there he did this for us in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ it's all because of the cross it's all because of the shed blood of Jesus that this happens Christ's death puts beyond any doubt that God loves us where would we be if God did not send Jesus to die for us just blows your mind even start to think about that it's these reasons that Jesus had to go to the cross Jesus knew who he was and he knew his purpose on earth the life death The burial and the resurrection represents one of the greatest shifts in the history of the world. Jesus was totally kingdom orientated. It motivated his every action. Jesus, in this instance, is teaching his disciples about kingdom before ourselves. As he spoke about his suffering, his death, and his resurrection... And it's as Jesus says that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer, to be killed but to be raised to life on the third day that Peter shifts from kingdom to personal, see, Peter has identified Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. He's totally kingdom oriented, he's had a download, a divine uh, revelation from God the Father about who Jesus is. Then Jesus starts to talk about him going to Jerusalem, dying, etc. etc. But then Peter moves from kingdom to self in that instance. It's so easy for us to do that, it's so easy. And this represents the challenge for every believer of Jesus Christ. That there is a battle between the spirit and the flesh for every single person. This represents what happens in these instances. To follow Jesus or not. To deny ourselves or not. To put to death our selfish ways or not. To finish the race that God's got for us or to give up. To share our faith or not to be generous or not, to serve others or not, to live for the kingdom or not. There is a battle between the spirit and the flesh, between the spirit and ourselves. And I've got to say, Peter in this moment is really, he's wanting to stop Jesus from going to Jerusalem and fulfilling his purpose. Peter loves Jesus. And friends try to help their friends who are in trouble or headed towards a perceived disaster. Peter loves Jesus. He wants to protect Jesus. And as Peter forbids Jesus from going to Jerusalem and the cross, Peter suffers one of the greatest rebukes in the entire New Testament. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get out of my way, Satan. You are an offense to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. Jesus is, is shirt-fronting Peter. He's, he's, he's right up in his grill, and he's saying to—he's rebuking Peter severely in this moment, and he calls Peter Satan. Have a think about this for a minute. Jesus never called the Pharisees Satan. In opposing Jesus, they were unknowingly helping fulfill God's plan. That's the Pharisees. The Pharisees pushed Jesus towards the cross. And that is exactly why Jesus came. They were not a stumbling block to Jesus. While Peter, a follower of Jesus, unknowingly hindered God's plan. Peter became a stumbling block to Jesus. And without realising it, Peter was speaking for Satan. Just a minute. Just think about that for a minute. The very people that should have been called Satan, perhaps, because of their opposition towards Jesus in the Pharisees, the scribes, etc., were never called that by, by Jesus. But Peter, a disciple, friend of Jesus suddenly is called Satan because he's stopping Jesus from his purpose. In Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. The devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor if Jesus would fall down and worship Satan. Satan offered Jesus glory Without the cross. But the cross is critical to God's plan. It's why Jesus came to the earth. Satan was doing all that he could to prevent the cross and stopping God's plan. It's about kingdom before ourselves, saints. It's not ourselves before the kingdom. As an example, have a think about Exodus chapter 3 and 4 where we know and read about how Moses is called by God to redeem God's people. He's called specifically by God from a burning bush. Hey, Matt, great, great message a couple of weeks ago about the burning bush. Loved it. If you uh, want to hear a great message about the burning bush, check out our YouTube podcast and uh, on stuff and you see a great message. Moses puts his personal inability his insecurity, his timidity before the kingdom. He makes excuses about people not believing him. He wants details before he'll sit in the chair on the stage. He even tells God to get someone else better who could speak better than him. Again and again, Moses... Puts himself before the kingdom. Listen to this. This is the exchange between God and Moses in Exodus chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. Now go, and I will help you speak, says God, and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Catch this. And the Lord's anger burned against Moses. God's anger burned against Moses. It wasn't that Moses couldn't do what God had asked because God was was backing Moses up. I've got an answer for that. I've got an answer for that excuse. I've got an answer for that excuse. I've got an answer for that excuse. My power will be shown great in your hands, Moses. I'll tell you, tell them I am sent you, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't that he couldn't do what God had asked. It's that he was unwilling to. He was uh, uh, just completely not wanting to do what God had asked. Moses put himself before God's kingdom and God's anger burned at Moses. Peter put himself before God's kingdom and Jesus severely rebuked Peter. Jesus came to give his life, not save it. That's when Jesus encourages us to give up our lives too. Because he goes on in Matthew 16 verses 24 to 28 to say this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. Jesus came to give his life, not to save it. Jesus gave his life to release the Holy Spirit so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive power to be witnesses of Jesus. Jesus says to those who have a desire to follow him, that we must give up living for ourselves and live for God's kingdom purposes instead. It's about God's kingdom purposes, about kingdom expansion. It's about having a kingdom priority. And I've got to tell you, this challenges me because there's stuff I want to do. There's stuff I could make some really good excuses about. And I'm sure that you could too. And I'm sure that we have. I'm sure that we are. But there comes a time where we see the need in our community so great that there has got to come a shift. There has got to come a shift. If we are ever to reach this city for the kingdom of God for the purposes of God to see a radical revival sweep across the Adelaide Hills and in this state, then there's got to come a shift. And can I suggest that maybe one of the shifts that we need to have is from us to God. This is a really harsh message. It's really upfront. It's personal. It's a hard pill to swallow. But I love you too much and I love this community too much For us to water this down, too often the church has watered stuff down because we like to have a, a really nice church everyone can come along to and, and feel nice, warm and fuzzy and feel like it's a great place to be. We never get challenged. We get massages, we get foot massages, we get our nails uh, painted, we, we get our hair done whilst we're at church. You know, it's, We have this lovely food, we get fed at church you know, with some great chips and some fish, some dim sims. Who loves the little dim sims? I love the little dim sims. That's why I come to... No! No! This will not be that church. This will be a church that pursues hard after God and his purposes for this city. And that may confront some people. You know what? We're all on this journey. We do not want to blow you out of the water. We want to walk with you on this journey for us all to come to a place where we say it's no longer my will be done, but yours, Lord. I want heaven on earth. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That's our prayer. And that's a journey for us all. It's a process. We don't suddenly arrive at that place. The different circumstances of our life bring us to the different waypoints along the way. But at some point, we've got to come to the decision that either Jesus is worth living for, ergo dying for, or he's not. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, out of the Amplified Bible says this. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. Set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me believing in me conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me that's that's a challenge i find that challenging i find that exceptionally challenging Jesus never, this is the thing, Jesus never asks us to do this because he wants to reduce the impact of our life He wants to draw out the potential of our life. He wants to to draw out the secret things, the great things He's put in each and every one of us that's here today and watching online. There are great things that God has put in you and it's going to take you dying to yourself for those things to be growing in your life like a dead seed that's planted in the ground. It must die before it grows and produces a fruit that's going to feed many, many people. That's what God wants to do with our lives. Here's, here's the deal. You're really fortunate this morning. Say, I'm fortunate. It's, actually, I am blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Do you know what? If you go to YouTube and type in "Infused Church you'll be able to watch this message later today and you can watch it again. And in the privacy of your own home, you can whoop and holler and say, yeah, amen, Pastor Gary, that's a great point. I didn't want to do it in church because I felt like that was about me and not the kingdom. So you can, in the privacy of your own home, get excited about the message, say, that's a great point. I'm going to put that point into practice. I'm going to believe. Actually, I'm going to meditate on that word. I'm going to start to write down some of the things that God's put inside of me because I know that God wants to draw those out of my life. Moses only saw his inability to speak, but God gave him a voice. Peter finally got it. See, the cross was a stumbling block to Peter and he even denied Jesus. But after the resurrection, it changed everything for Peter. It changed everything and Peter became the rock. Later, Peter speaks of Jesus' suffering uh, in every chapter in his letters. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps as well. See, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 28 it gives us a snapshot of one of the greatest challenges that we have as followers of Jesus. It's this battle between the spirit and the flesh, between the kingdom of God and ourselves. That's what it's about. Romans 8 tells us, and I loved Emily, her message at communion. I mean, she's taken my, my, the, the scripture I, I'm making a reference to in Romans chapter 8. It tells us that to be controlled by a sinful nature, by a selfish ways, that the flesh is death. That's a, a way to die. But to be controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and it's peace. Who wants life and peace in your life? We all want that then let's live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's live a kingdom life. Let's focus ourselves on what's better for the kingdom of God. Is it better that I speak to the people that I meet about Jesus or is it better that I stay quiet and don't let out the cat out of the bag? Let's get this silly cat out of the bag. I don't know how. I'm not going there. All right. I love cats. No, really. I love cats. They're a great hat. Not really, not really, not really. Slippers, maybe, not hats. (laughs) Jesus tells us that to lose our life, we'll find it. How many people at times you feel lost? You feel lost. You feel like you've lost your way. Jesus says, lose your life in me and you'll find your way. There are people here saying, I don't know what my purpose is. Stop living for yourself. Say, God, what do you want me to do? But not just asking God, saying, what do you want me to do? But having the discipline to back the decision. In other words, when God says to you, I want you to tell your neighbor about me, that you're going to have the discipline to say, Lord, I'm going to do that. I've got this specially made cake. Biscuits, a flower, newspaper, whatever it is, any excuse to go around and knock on your neighbor's door. I made this cake. I made too many cakes. I, and I wanted to bring one for you. We've got an abundance of fruit on our fruit tree in our back garden. I thought you might like a bowl of fruit. I saw that your garden is, is, is looking wonderful. And I just wanted to come over and say how beautiful your garden looks. I just was thinking of you. I just want to come around and say, are you okay? Is there anything that you need? When we have the discipline to back the decision that we want to make, God will open up doors for us to step into that moment. Just as Jesus said that he would suffer and be killed, but he would be raised to life there is hope in the resurrection and our hope is in Christ. My hope is in Jesus. My hope is in the Son of God, the Messiah, the Saviour, the Lord of all, the name above every name, the name at which every knee shall bow. My hope is in Christ today. Where's yours? In laying... Our lives down for him, we shift from ourselves to God. Will we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit and allow His power, his life, to, to, to flow through us as we shift our focus towards the kingdom of God in 2022? And here's the question that many of you may be asking today. How do we pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus? That is a fantastic question, and you're going to have to come next week to find out. Cliffhanger, Cliffhanger, that's it. It's almost like a season ender. I, I just want to share some things next week. Four points about how we can take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. But this morning... It's my heart, and my prayer that you see one of the greatest shifts this planet has ever seen was when Jesus went to the cross. Changed everything. I was happy to be a policeman and to go on being a policeman. I was getting good money for doing what I was doing. High stress, sure. But where I was, like I wasn't on the, on the road anymore, I wasn't on patrols, I wasn't chasing bad guys. I was in the communications room where we answered the triple O calls and we dispatched the patrol cars on the radio. And if I didn't like how a conversation was going on the telephone, I didn't stop a fist with my face anymore because I was too slow to duck. Now I just simply hung up. I love that job. That was a great job. That's kept me safe. I was good with that. But the cross changed. So I felt a call. Come on, Gary. Felt a call. Many of you have felt a call. It may not be to ministry or to being a pastor or something like that, but many of you felt a call to go and to talk to someone, to share something, to give something. Many of us have felt that call. And is it time for us to make a shift from ourselves to God and His kingdom? Because this, ch- this community will never change until we do. Until we take a hold of the truth of the gospel. That everything revolves around the cross. At some point, someone's got to die. Ourselves, our self-interests. We've got to lay it low. Let it go. Let it go. Sorry. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Let's stand. If we're to win our community for Jesus, something has to shift. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus says. Find a quiet, and this is my encouragement to us all this morning. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you're not tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus in that moment will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. I would encourage us all this week to spend time to quietly get aside with God and say, God, would you show me some stuff about my life that needs to change? Where am I living for myself and not living for your kingdom? Would you help me to see those things? But Lord, don't leave me there. Let your grace lead me to the place of making change, of being change, of being an example to the people in my street, in my family, my workplace, in my school. Would you help me to make some changes so that I can see kingdom blessing happen? I can start to see the kingdom of God in my community to make a massive change. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We thank you that you've moved upon our hearts. We thank you that you touched us, you've filled us to overflowing. You've spoken a powerful word to us. Lord, I thank you that uh, the enemy can't come in and mess with this. The enemy can't, we're here to mess with the enemy. We're here to mess with the enemy. He's a defeated foe. He's under our feet. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I will not be robbed of this message. I will not be robbed of the truth of this message. By this power of the Holy Spirit, you'll implant on in me, you'll imprint on my heart a shift, a shift. This year, a shift from me to the kingdom of God. Change is coming. I want to be a part of change. I want to embrace change. I want to be a part of that. I want to be part of something that has a kingdom impact in our community. I want to see this community of ours changed. I want to see the kingdom of God grow. I want to see it expand. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people healed. I want to see my family and friends saved. I want to see my prodigal sons and daughters come back to God. I want to see my family worshipping God beside me on a Sunday morning, on a Friday night. I want to see God move in our community. I want to see, Lord God, godly values over our nation. I want to see godly men and women in parliament. I want to see godly men and women in business. I want to see godly men and women in our schools, in our shops, Lord God. Would you pour out your Spirit in this day and this age? Help me to be a part of that change. I am a godly man and woman in my place, in my workplace. I am that person. Help me to shine for you in a way that brings honour and glory to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just as every head is bowed, I want to make an, uh, an opportunity for people today, maybe online as you're watching this. I want to make an opportunity for you the greatest shift you could ever do in going from yourself to the kingdom of God is to give your life to Jesus. Is to give your life to Jesus. Not to simply pray a prayer and say, oh God, I'm sorry for the way that I lived. Would you forgive me for that sin? I wanna just open my heart to your presence and Lord, would you come in and and be my God? I want more than that, because God wants more than that. Because God wants you to lay down your life to take you off the throne and put Him on. It's time for some people to make a radical change and start to live for Jesus and also to die for Him. And I'm not saying physically. I'm saying that there's parts of our lives that have to die. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, you've never done it before perhaps, or maybe you have at one point, but you've walked away from God, you've lived for yourself, But today you felt like, God, you're tugging at my heart. You're hearing a call from God today. It's the the call to give up your life for yourself and to start to live for Jesus. I'd love to pray for people like that. If there's anybody here this morning, you, you feel like you just need to get things right with God. I want you to put your hand up, whether it's the first time you've ever done it. Or whether it's the 50,000th time you've ever done it, but if you want to get right with God, you want to relinquish the, the lordship of your life to Jesus. And I'm asking you right now to put your hand up and say, That's me. I want to put my hand up, I want to live for you. Thank you. Any others? Any others this morning? I want to just pray, Thank you. Any others? People are putting their hands up. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to walk out of here with a fresh perspective, a fresh focus, a fresh priority. What will you do? What will you do? I'm asking once more, is there anybody else you want to make a shift and just give your life to Jesus from this moment forward? Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I thank you that we choose to make a shift today. I will no longer live for myself. I will live for you. I want to live for kingdom purposes. I want to live for the kingdom of God. I want to see this community transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and born-again Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit displaying the power of God as they witness for Jesus in and around about me. Help us, Lord, to see this change that we want and believe for in our community in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen, amen.